Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah. Woo. Well, I've got good news. Christmas, here's the message. Greetings to the podcasters. Can you give them a, a hand clap? Boom. The podcasters are out there in every state. We're actually able to track who listens to us. We have people listen to us from Barcelona. I mean, Italy and America and England, but I find those European places, wow. Christmas is unveiling. The message is entitled, Seven Words of Christmas. Say seven words of Christmas. All right. Um, Christmas is unveiling of God's plan of plans from heaven to earth. His plan of plans. Daniel Kalenda who actually took over from Reinhard Bonnke, who just recently passed away last week, if you didn't know. He says, the incarnation occurred for a specific reason. God wanted to give us the ultimate gift. He wanted to give us himself. He wanted to give us his presence. Guys, can I just say, if you're not living in his presence, you're cutting it, you're getting sold short of what all this is about. You, you, the dutifulness and, you know, your mindset to believe God is, is, is great. But He wants you to walk in the countenance of His love for you. He wants you to understand that His presence surrounds you. And when you live like that, I tell you what, it is a grand life. It is a wonderful life. Kyle Winkler, who I'm not sure if he's the son of Henry Winkler, but (laughs) Kyle Winkler says, anyway, so I digress. The Christmas story foretells, (laughs) oh, Fonz, yeah, I know, but it's not him, I'm just guessing. Sorry, guys, you took my joke seriously, sorry. (laughs) We know Henry Winkler is the Fonz, yeah, that's, anyway, speed bump. The Christmas story foretells, Kyle Winkler says, the plan of he who became our final sacrificial lamb, all in order to destroy, I love this part, the devil's works and the ultimate consequence of them, ultimately meaning separation from God. And that's how come we can sing, the glory has come. The glory. So let me share with you the wonder of Christmas through seven words. The seven words, I'll give them straight up to you. I'll focus on two. Hang on. Well, let me give you the seven words. Salvation, favor, blessings, guidance, joy, redemption, and peace. Let me tease out the first two. I haven't got time to to go through all of them. Uh, but I can explain the first two. Uh, Salvation, firstly, and then favor. And can I hear an amen? Seven words of Christmas. 
seven prophetic words. All right, let's go. Luke 167. Let's read some scripture about the story of Jesus and his birth. Let's do that. Welcome visitors in the house. Love our Asian friends there. God bless you there. Did you invite your friends? Now listen, in January, um, I've got Steve Whitten. He speaks fluid um, Thai. He is going to do a service in the morning. Sir, uh, in the morning, I'm not sure which day it is. It'll be in the calendar, and then he's going to have a special um, connect group at the end of that service for the Thai people in particular. Where's Hassidy? Is she here? Did you get that? Steve Whitten and Anna coming here, and they, he's got a great message. I said I want you to preach that message in the house. And they will be coming in January. Amen. Let's go to the scripture. Luke 1, 67 to 69 says, Now his father, Zacharias, was filled. Now this is about John the Baptist's father. John the Baptist was a forerunner to Jesus. He was making the way for Jesus to come. So Zacharias is the father. Imagine being a father like this, able to prophesy like this over your children. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? My daughter comes back Monday. I'm excited, Gemma. She's been away for two and a half months overseas. I'm going to prophesy over her. Amen? Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, verse 68, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Let's go to Luke 1, 76 to 77. And you, child, pointing to John the Baptist, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. 77, to give knowledge of salvation. That's what I'm talking about. This first one, this first prophetic word is about salvation. This knowledge, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Let's go to Matthew one twenty one to make sure that we've got it. She will give birth to a son. This is talking about Mary now. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. What does that mean? Salvation. That's what we are talking about. Jesus loves you so much that he's provided a way unto eternity, a pathway for you to live in his love for all eternity. Is that enough to get a smile on your dial? Amen. Jesus' name in Greek means Jesus' name in the Greek means, I am the God who saves. His birth made a way for us to be saved, not just to go to heaven. We are saved. I love this part. I love this part. We are saved from our sinful lives, from the bondage that all of us can have at any given time. The bondages need to be, you need to be set free from them so that you can have 
Say it after me. Freedom. So what is salvation? Ultimately, it's like this. Salvation is deliverance. So all the world religions teach that we need to be delivered. But each has a different understanding of what we need to be delivered from and to what. But the Bible makes it clear, the Bible makes it clear, abundantly clear, however, that there is only one plan of salvation. The most important thing to understand about the plan of salvation is that it is God's plan, not humanity's plan. Who can say amen to that? Humanity's plan would have us doing all these rituals, jumping through hoops, bending over backwards, trying, trying, trying. But God's plan is a lot more simpler. The world's religion would talk about enlightenment, that you need to be enlightened. But none of these are a part of God's plan. God's plan of salvation, and why do we need salvation? Is the Bible says that we are sinners. We're born into sin, unfortunately. We have, we've, we've rebelled against God. And when we sin, we hurt others. We hurt ourselves and we dishonor God. And, G- and God says sin deserves death, eternal separation from God. Sin needs a payment. Jesus was that payment. Without God's plan of salvation, eternal death was our lot in life, a destiny separated from God, but praise God, through Jesus, we have salvation through Christ our Lord. In Acts 16.31, a man asked the Apostle Paul how to be saved, and Paul's response was, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is for visitors and unsaved people, and people are not sure about uh, the Christian church and the Christian way of life. Can I say to you right now, can I say to you right now, the simple Simplicity of it is this, to be saved, to have eternity as your inheritance, but to live with the smile of heaven on your life is as simple as this. Paul's response was this, when someone asked him about how to be saved. In Acts 16, 31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's as simple as that. Are you excited about that? That you're not jumping through hoops. You're not bending backwards. You're not trying, trying, trying. But you're simply saying, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I give you my heart. It actually is, it's, it's for the heart, it's, it's not an easy thing. Because human nature, let me say it like that. Human nature actually wants to work for its salvation. It can't bear the thought or can't understand the idea that it's free. Maybe that's why some people are out there doing crazy things for religion. I'll say no more. It's as simply as saying, I believe. Can you say that this morning? I believe in Jesus. I believe when love came to town 2,000 years ago, 
He was, in fact, our Savior, our Deliverer, and He is our salvation. We must confess Jesus as Lord. That's what we do when we get saved. You might do that at the end of the service. You must declare, Jesus is my salvation. According to Strong's Concordance, the Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua, which means deliverance. You might want to agree with this when I say this, and I love this, when it talks about God as our deliverer. God is your deliverer. No matter what storm you face, God can deliver you. And you can say amen at every full stop I put in here. God is your deliverer. No matter what storm you face, God can deliver you. There is nothing stronger than Him. There is nothing bigger than Him. No one can outrank Him. There is no bondage that He cannot set you free from. There is liberty in Him. There is complete deliverance in Him. There is no stronghold that will overthrow Him. All principalities bow to His name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Sickness, disease, and infirmity must flee. Every form of oppression and depression must go. At the name of Jesus Christ, every form of darkness has to flee. Nothing can stand in His way. There is no entanglement that He cannot break you free from. There is no emotional prison, financial struggle, spiritual wilderness that He cannot set you free from. God breaks cycles and destroys generational curses. Every curse is broken by the blood of Jesus. When demons see the blood of Jesus Christ, there is no escape. His blood washes you. His blood covers you. His blood makes you complete. He is your salvation. Jesus Christ is the Redeemer from sin. He is your Deliverer. (laughs) Surely give him a hand clap. Oh, you got to give him a hand clap. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Isaiah 12, 2. Surely, surely, surely God is my salvation. That's what I can say after that. And it goes like this. Isaiah 12, verse 2. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord. I love that. The Lord, the Lord. When they double up, it really means absolute. What does it mean, Josh? Help me when they double up. Significant? Emphatic? I'm loving these words, guys. Keep giving them to me. Intentional? Focused. Yeah. Man, look at this guy. He's been saved three weeks. He's more on fire than most of you. What is wrong? Come on, guys. I took a photo of this guy. He was going down the ramp. I just said, hey, have you enjoyed church? He said, I am looking up from me from the ramp, back up to me on the veranda. He says, I am loving church. I can feel the power of God coming through me as you're looking at me right now. And the guy is totally infused with the power of God. I'm saying, just wait there. You're going to lay hands on me. Just wait. I'm going down the ramp, going down the Some people get radically saved. Some people get boringly saved. (laughs) 
Ephesians 2, 4, I must move on. But because of his great love for us, say love. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Jeff. Now, if you're backslidden, I'm going to have Jeff out the front. He's going to lay hands on you. I don't care if you've been to Bible college or whatever. I was praying for someone, not Josh, been to Bible college. They're two years into it. I was laying hands on them. Really, I thought prophetically, this person's unsaved. I just felt like I was laying hands on a fridge. It was so cold. And, 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 and as I'm praying, I think I must have been using the narrative. It wasn't anyone from this church. As I was, <laughs> I must have been, they had their good friend there. It was a young lady. I think that's okay to say. I was laying hands on them. Some were praying and I must have went into the narrative like, you know, you can be saved. And, 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 and someone started to suggest to me, uh, Pastor Phil, they go to Bible college. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> I read that one wrong. All right, well, let's pray. Let's pray for the fire of God. Let's pray for the Spirit of the Lord and to break that whatever thing is off that precious person and, and allow them to be filled with the Spirit, to receive the goodness of God and Ephesians 2.5 says, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And Acts 4.12, this is my final argument. There is no salvation in any other. There is, I'll say it clearly, there is no other, there is no salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Can I hear an amen? amen? The next one I want to do a little bit elaborate to is favor. And the rest I'm going to roll through because I haven't got time. But favor is such a key word for me because I actually experienced this. Uh, let me give you the scripture. Um, Luke 1, 26 to 30. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do it properly. Going back to the story of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Say Mary. And having, came in the, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. Say favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. 30. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Who wants favor? Significance of the favor of God. Let me just say this. There are some things in life that money cannot buy, and favor is one of them. Favor will take you where nothing else, favor will take you where nothing else can take you. When God's favor is on your life, wonderful things begin to happen for you. Walking in God's favor can be experienced. Who believes that? When the favor of God is on you, good comes your way. I'm renovating this room 
I go down to Bunnings. I need a particular timber size. I go into the drive-through in my van. I've got this mindset, need that timber, need that, that timber. I know what timber I need. I drive through, and right there in the $2 special bin is my timber. Reduced. Were you there? Come on. There, there's my proof. There's my timber pad. Not $22, but $2. And, and I end up buying nine lengths of other various timbers that I needed for the job. All needed for this job. So instead of spending $200 plus, Darcy, I spent, I think it was $18. Wonderful. Was that you, Tony? That was, okay. <laughs> Sharp as a tack, man. Um, so, and every day I find myself in favor, favor, favor. When the favor of God is on you, good comes your way. Odds get turned in your favor. Even if you're not the most talented, intelligent, or beautiful, God's unmerited favor opens doors of opportunity and it propels you straight into the good success He wants for you. Now, I'm going to teach you a word. We need to understand this word. It's an experiential word. Epinosis. Did I say that right, Josh? It's an, when we say knowledge, that's one thing, but epinosis is understanding that knowledge deep down, so, so revelatory you understand what that scripture is or what that, what that word is, like favor. Uh, it'd be like healing. You know God, you know God should heal you, but you still don't know and understand that God wants to really heal you. Oh yeah, God heals. But no, epinosis, and someone's asking for the spelling, I can see that, E-P-I-G-N-O-S-I-S. All right, there it is. Epinosis produces practical results in our knowledge of God. For example, we may have an understanding of healing, but still be sick in our body, when you have epinosis of healing, you get healed. We need epinosis. We need revelatory understanding of a word like favor. I actually go to every place I go, and sometimes Julie and I will pray, Lord, give us favor. Let us meet the right people. Let us be sitting with the right people, meeting the right people. Lord, we pray for favor in every place we go. And guess what, guys? It works. Favor. God doesn't have favorites, but you can attract the favor of God by living a holy life, a righteous life, and a pleasing life to Him. Amen? What happens when we, when we have this epinosis? It's like this. Ephesians 1, 17 to 19, probably best explains it. 
Um, and the scripture goes like this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, in the epinosis of him. Is that, is that a good explanation, Josh? I think it is. Epinosis, friends, is the key to unlock the treasures of God's grace. It unlocks the scriptures. We call it experiential faith, to experience, to actually apply the word to your life, you need epinosis. You need to understand to the nth degree. You need Because we are built, he builds his church by revelation. And when you have revelation of what that word is, what that scripture is, it's then when you can draw down on all the grace that it allows you. Epinosis is the key to unlock the treasures of God's grace in your life. I got this. Understanding through his word why God highly favors you today. It will change the way you see yourself. Put a confident expectation when you go down to Bunnings or any store for a special, you are confident. Who's a bit like that? Who's going to stores and are just confident they're getting bargains? Confident that the council's going to say yes. Confident that, that you know, you're going to get that job. Confident that you're just confident. You just got that disp- Some people have got that disposition. They just have. Some, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to get the job. Ah, oh, no, he's not going to heal me. Ah, oh, no, it's not going to happen. No, I've got an expectancy. That's how I come to church. I come to church actually to see God move. I want God to move. I anticipate him to move. I anticipate him to be here because Emmanuel, God, is with us. So what's he doing today? Every snowflake is different. How is this service going to be different this morning? Is it going to be boring or is it going to be different? I'm looking, I'm looking for God to put the church on its ear and everyone's going, whoa, this is a bit unusual. Yeah. Because one of my pet hates, not hates, but displeasures, is, is boring, boring church. Boring gatherings, boring parties. You know, if you want a job, start a job. How to put a party on for someone. I've even been at some 21st parties. Boring. And I I feel so sorry for them. No dancing, no celebration, no karaoke, whatever it takes to get that party rocking. Because I have an expectancy. If I go to a party, I want to rock. I want to dance. I want to celebrate. I want to smile. Who's like that? Or do you go to a party to, to, to just do normal life? That's why in etiquette, be careful what you just mention at parties. Guys, don't mention your boring work details. Don't mention boring, boring. No, so, you know what? I was thinking, you know, mention something topical. One-liner. And don't give us a discourse of five, seven, eight minutes, ten minutes of something that's boring. Just throw something out. If it adds to the fire, good. Throw another one on the fire. But don't give us boring at the Merry Christmas celebrations, all right? Sorry, did I, did I ruffle any further? Did I? That was a bit rough, wasn't it? That was, that was 60 years of pent-up, boring parties, conversation, conversation meetings. That was six. I've never said that before to the church. Sorry, guys, please forgive me. Don't be boring. 
have expectancy that you will be favoured at that party. Oh, okay, let's get out of there. All right, blessed. All right, let's move through. Luke 1, 39, 45. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Zacharias is the, uh, the father of uh, John the Baptist and Elizabeth. 41, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greetings of Mary and the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out. That's what we want to do when we go to parties. The Holy Spirit leaps within. The Holy Spirit goes, oh, it's, 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 it's Barbara. Oh, it's Barbara. Oh, my spirit leaps because she's at the party. Sorry, I'm going back there again, aren't I? <laughs> then she spoke with him a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. Say blessed. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. 43. And when, and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Ah, oh, that's, I love this. 45. Blessed is he who should believe. But there will be a fulfillment, but there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told from the Lord. Crunch it down. What is spiritual blessing? If you were to read Ephesians 1.3, you would hear that there's a scripture about spiritual blessings. When you've received your privilege of being born again, you have received all these spiritual blessings. If I was to condense this portion of scripture down, from Ephesians uh, 1, 4 to 13, if I was to crunch that down, here are some of the choice words of the benefits of being saved. And I'm talking about being blessed. Blessed. He chose you in love, sonship. And you can say amen after any of these. His pleasure and will. Grace freely given us. Redemption. Forgiveness of sins. Grace lavished on us. His will for us. In Him, hashtag in Him, love that. Promised Holy Spirit, guaranteeing an inheritance in eternity and in Christ. That's what that scripture says are your spiritual blessings. And yes, He will bless you spiritually, physically, emotionally. He will bless you spiritually, physically, emotionally. He will bless us. Who wants that? All these spiritual blessings are yours. Acts 3.26, And to you first God, having raised up His servant Jesus, sent Him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. For guidance, Joseph, guidance. And you can see through the Scriptures, Matthew 1.19-20, Then Joseph, this is the, the father of Jesus. The, then Joseph... Her husband, Mary's husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for which is conceived in her of the Holy Spirit. I might Go down to Matthew 2.19 for the sake of time, 2.19.23. And I'll go down to verse 22, Matthew 2.22. And again, it's the parents of Jesus being warned. 
He was afraid to go there and being warned by God in a dream. Can I just say this about guidance? Jesus came, Jesus came so that we could have guidance every day. Can I hear an amen about that? Can I hear an amen about this? He still speaks to us through dreams and visions and especially the Word of God. Can I hear an amen? He will speak to you through dreams and visions and the Word of God. That's how we get guidance. Growing up as a young family, every place where we needed to buy food because we're on a limited budget and we wanted good food, the kids, and they'll tell us, they will share this, that everywhere we went when we're trying to get takeaway, because we did a lot of takeaway while Julie ran a dance school for eight years, trust me, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza Hut. How's that song go? McDonald's, McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza Hut. McDonald's, McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And we just go, oh, okay, it's McDonald's. Oh, okay, it's Kentucky. And we did that for so many years, guys. We were just over it. Our budget, you should have seen our budget for takeaway for the week. When we worked it out, we went, oh my God, what are we doing? We're giving more to McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken than, that, than we are to God. No, we've got to do something about that. So, but, but guidance, where to go, where to go, what decisions to make. God, listen, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah, when you know not which way to go, there's a voice behind you that will tell you which way to go. So, Jeff, just let me tell you that you're going to make better decisions because you've got the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He's the counselor. He's the comforter. It's the voice of God. It's the, it, it's the dreams and visions that you had that, that stop you from doing crazy stuff. I had a dream, you know, especially women. They're having dreams all the time. And, and Julie has dreams. Ah, I said, what's the matter? That's all right. I'm just fighting some, you know, cutting some enemy plan down. So, whoa. Okay. And, and, but... She's been warned about something. The coming of Jesus gave us an optimization of our spiritual gifts. By the Holy Spirit, we've been optimized in our spiritual senses. We're highly wired. Some people look like that's scary. I've got a word. (laughs) Wow, can we just dial that expression down? I might receive it. But it's like that. I shouldn't make fun of those people. They're awesome. We need them. Guidance said that. I'd love to go on about that. Five, joy. Great joy, which will come to all people. Again, Luke 2, 8, verse 10. Haven't got time. But behold, I bring you good tidings. This angel said, said, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That joy I was talking about earlier. And of course, Matthew 2.10 says, they were overjoyed when they found Jesus. That would be the three wise men. And of course, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. It's love, joy. Isn't it in the second one? Righteous, peace, joy. No, no, no. So you gave me a bump, Steve. Righteousness, peace, joy. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, it's Christmas, guys. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, everybody. 
Uh, it's not going to be boring here, guys. Trust me, it will not be boring. We need joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit. I haven't got time, but man, I'd love to tease that out. And six, redemption. I love redemption. It's purchasing back your life through the blood of Christ. Let's say that. It's purchasing back, not through some easy teaching or philosophical view. It's the blood, shed blood of Christ on the cross. He purchased your life through his blood. And I love redemption. I love redeeming things. And I used to love doing it as a kid, old motorbikes, the old BSA band. I kicked that start for two weeks straight. I'm sure on the school holiday. Trying BSA, 1947 BSA banner, man. This thing, it's going to be redeemed. I don't care. Because I was giving it to me. I said, ah, we can't get that going. The older kids said, gave it to me as a 13-year-old. I said, yeah, you're not going to get that going. Trust me, man. I believe in redemption. I got high expectancy. I believe there is a God. I used to, man, that, that began my early days of my prayer time. God, make this live. Will these dead bones of a motorbike live? Yes, they can. Prophesy. I'm having fun, guys. Loosen up. Redemption. And last one, peace. Depart in peace. I haven't got time, guys. I'm sorry. But the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, as it says in Philippians, is real. We had a lady saved in the Cutler Drive um, Hall back in 96, 97. She was doing it hard. You could obviously see that. She got miraculously saved. I pray there'd be more days like this when we'd see people just broken on life. This lady broken on life. Who feels for these people that are broken? She was broken. She gave her life to the Lord and uh, wonderfully gave her life to the Lord. She came back a week later and she bailed me up. She said, you didn't tell me that. I said, what did I tell you? She said, you didn't tell me what such peace that it would give me. She said to me, looked into my eyes, she said, you know what? I've not been able to sleep through the whole night for 20 years. She said, I slept after that church service. I slept for the first time through the whole, uh, through the whole night. Well, another, another, no, that's peace. That's peace. That's peace. Another lady bailed me up. She got miraculously saved in our church years ago. And she bailed me up. She was annoyed. This one was annoyed. And she said, you didn't tell me that. I said, what didn't I tell you? She said, you didn't tell me I wouldn't be able to smoke marijuana again. I can't smoke marijuana now. It freaks me out. I've got no grace to do marijuana. So I used to smoke marijuana every day. Now I can't. What did you do to me? (laughs) Musicians, God bless you. Quick, let's let's get out of here before I make a fool of myself. Let's all stand. God bless you. I'm letting, off you, letting you off early. There's food to eat, drink to drink, celebrations to be had. Father, we thank you. Just with the eyes closed, if you ever understood through my sermon that there is salvation, favor, blessing, guidance, joy, redemption, peace, they're all Lord God. I want that peace that transcends all understanding. I want that peace that, Lord God, that will allow me 
to think on good things, to believe that the glass is half full, Lord. Lord, I want want salvation to be my, my greatest gift ever given to me. I want that favor of God that wherever I go, I believe good things will happen to me. I want the favor of God that the smile of heaven is on my life wherever I go. I want that joy, Lord God. I want to be able to celebrate you in all seasons. I want to minister in and out of season. I want to worship in and out of season. I want to praise God in and out of season. I want to be able to witness in and out of season. I don't want to be a fair-weather friend, Lord. Now, I had this odd thought this morning, guys. Can I just, before we get real spiritual, I wonder if 2,000 years ago, Superman, and I'm talking about the original one, not the one who's complicated with evil and good, not that latest version. I'm talking about the one who, who is a savior to the world, that, that version of Superman. What if he was born 2,000 years ago? And since 2,000 years ago, he'd been flying around and averting danger and, and, and tragedy all over the planet, helping people and, and, and you know, settling wars. And, 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 and he's been doing that on a large scale. And it was his birthday this Christmas. Would you celebrate Superman? Who's, who, who can fly through the air, lift up locomotives, speed of sound. You know what? I, I think almost humanity would be better, would almost feel that they could do that a lot easier. But this is not meant to be easy. This is by faith to believe in an invisible God and Jesus who came a virgin birth, and a star led the three wise men. Supernaturally, the star was moving through the sky. Stars don't move like that. And and they followed for, some say, a year plus. They followed the star, followed the star. We're following the star. And they came out to the prophetic truth of Jesus born in Bethlehem. And they found him. They found him. And we found Jesus. Eyes closed. When love came to town, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our deliverer, our healer, our restorer of broken dreams, a troubled life, the healer of our bodies, spiritually, physically, the restorer of our broken relationships, our siblings, our mothers and fathers, our people we've encountered through life, being able to be untethered from bitterness, unforgiveness. I want that, Lord God. I need deliverance. I need to be delivered from this world, delivered from bondages, delivered from stuff, Lord God, that I can't shake. And I want it now, eyes closed. If that's for you, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. I have a short prayer for you. Short prayer. And if you want, you want this prayer, as a personal confession that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, you can have that this morning and you can have eternity. You can know without a a shadow of a doubt that you are bound for heaven, that God loves you, that God has forgiven you, that God has forgiven you of all your sins. 
Bible says it's appointed under man to die once and then the judgment. Darcy died. He would have went on to judgment, but he would have been found righteous and been welcomed into heaven if he bowed out. But he's here now to, to be living more days, more years, and to be blessed, to be a blessing. Eyes closed. If this is you, if you want to become a child of God, if this is your friend next to you, explain to him what's happening. Help them with understanding that this is becoming a Christian, that this is becoming a Christian. 180,000 people a day are giving their life to the Lord. Why not you? In every nation, from every culture, people are giving their life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. Heaven needs to see your hand lifted up. Eyes are closed. On the count of three, everyone's praying. Father, I'm praying for everyone that needs heaven, heaven in their heart. They need forgiveness. If that's you, on the count of three, one, I'll ask you to slip your hand up on the count of three. One, with faith in your heart, if this prayer is for you, you become born-again Christian. You become a Christian this morning. One, everyone's praying. Two, everyone's praying. Three, just lift your hand up quickly and put it down. That's awesome. Yeah, put it down. And any others? That row there. If you're lifting your hand up, lift it up clearly and put it down. Lift it up clearly, yeah, that person, and put it down when you're done. Lift your hand up. If this is a recommitment, you're not sure, you wanted, you, the enemy's being lying to you. The enemy's being lying to you. And it's saying, you're not saved. You're not bound for heaven. God doesn't love you. If this is a recommitment, put your hand up. If this is a first time, put your hand up. Yeah, that's awesome, Tony. Wonderful. All right, three people. Any others? Any others? Any others? Any others? Going once, going twice. Any others? Put your hand up quickly. All right, here we are. This is how it goes, guys. We'll all say it together. From your heart, from your heart, from your heart, from your heart. Use your godly imagination. See Jesus high and lifted up. Close your eyes. See God. The Bible says He sits at the right hand of the Father. Prayer of faith. Prayer of sincerity. Prayer of belief. Just repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, let's just do it like this. Father God, I believe in Your Son, Jesus. I believe He's Savior of the world. I believe He died on a cross, rose on the third day, lives at the right hand of the Father, and is praying for me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. I respond to you now, to your way, to your truth, and to your great light that emanates from heaven, that reveals Jesus to me. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life to lead me, to guide me, to counsel me, to bring all the benefits of the cross of Calvary 
all the spiritual blessings are mine. As it says in Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, I want those. I want those blessings. I want the favor of God upon my life. I want the peace of God in my mind. I want the ever-going, ongoing redemption of my soul, the deliverance from every bondage, from every besetting sin. I want that more than ever, Lord. Here's a clue how to get peace in your life. Approach God. Submit to God. Seek God. Lean not on your own understanding, but seek God, trust God, and He will make your path straight. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm bound for heaven. But in the meantime, Lord, bless me. Bless me. Bless me. And the saints say, Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's face.